The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to the MMA on the Rocks Easter Sunday Spectacular, which is just a regular episode on Easter Sunday. My name's Bill Welger. You are listening to episode 283, unless you're joining me live on Easter Sunday and just don't want to spend time with your families. Uh, no judgment. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, I was able to carve out a little bit of time. By the way, today's Sunday, April 17th, for those of you keeping track. If you ever want to catch a show live, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, uh, Facebook, or follow me on Twitter at MMA on the Rocks. And um, turn on your notifications, and those applications will do all the work for you and tell you when the show is live, like right now. So, Easter Sunday... Uh, if you are joining the show live, you know, I guess you're escaping some family drama or getting ready for uh, family to come over. Whatever the case, glad to have you here. Happy Easter from Cook's Auto World. Happy Easter to you as well. Make sure you guys subscribe to Cook's Auto World if you need some uh, mechanic advice. He'll teach you how to rebuild a transmission stuff. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know much about cars besides how to drive them. The great thing about being an adult is you can make your own rules sometimes. Like, I can have a beer at 11 o'clock in the morning because it's Easter. And that's the rule I made up today. So, uh, here we are. One of my favorite breweries, Burial, Asheville, North Carolina. This, they always have weird names for their beers. This one is called Massacre of the Innocents. I thought it was fitting for Easter Sunday. If you, For those of you not listening to the audio and just you're on the video, I'm holding up the can here. It's got an owl with like a thorny crown on it. Easter is, uh, is a, a strange thing. Like, if you had to explain Easter to, like, an alien or, like, somebody who just didn't know anything about it, it would be kind of a difficult one, I would think. You have to be like, well, first of all, this guy gets executed. And then they'd be like, oh, no, that's, that's a terrible reason to have a holiday. It's like, no, 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 it was actually a good thing because, like, all the bad stuff we did, like we're forgiven for it because this guy got killed and it, and it turns out um, he comes back to life a few days later. And make, they put him in like this cave and then he was missing from the cave. And then, um, you know, he's walking around a few days later, everything was fine. And uh, we celebrate this by having a giant rabbit visit our houses in the middle of the night and, um, and hide, Eggs. Well, why is a rabbit coming to your house? Why does it have eggs? Rabbits don't lay eggs. Uh, yeah, but, you know, they're like colorful eggs, and 
he fills them with candy and stuff. And and how's this related to the other story of the execution? Well, don't worry about it. There's ham, and uh, <laughs> you know we'll we'll day drink, and it, it'll be fine. Um, so that's that. I I'm not sure the whole connection there. Like I don't know. Like I did I did the the Easter Bunny with my daughter. I don't know what the what the root of that is. If anybody knows uh, where this all came from, how this all started, and how it's all connected, uh, you know, let me know. Send me send me like the cliff notes though. I'm not looking to read like a whole lot about it. Um, but I'm just mildly curious. So here we are. Happy Easter to those of you who celebrate. Um, I'm going to do this at the beginning of the show here because I, I always forget about it till the end. But if you guys want to grab some MMA on the rocks merchandise, head over to our friends at team Reaper reaper one.co is the website. Uh, as always, I'll put all the direct links in the show notes. Uh, you can use the promo code MMA rocks 10, save yourself 10% on your entire order, whether you're purchasing my merchandise or not. Um, there's plenty of gear on there and uh, you can support some local fighters buying their t-shirts, lots of cool t-shirts and logos and, and things like that on there. rash guards. They got some cool rash guards too. go check it out. Use the promo code, save some money. Again, that's MMA rocks, 10 MMA R O C K S one zero. So I actually remember to do it at the beginning of the episode this time. Obviously, um, Jeff, the animal Wilson is not here. He's in Puerto Rico, uh, living his best life. Um, and he's there with, I guess, no internet. He was texting me through Instagram to keep me posted. I guess he's got no cell service and, uh, there's only internet like certain areas. So I hear from him, I guess, whenever he's in one of those areas and he's having a good time. So there's that. All right, folks, a lot of MMA this weekend, not, uh, not terribly exciting. Unfortunately, we had UFC last night, Bellator on Friday night. Um, I did actually catch some of the Bellator card, um, just by chance. I had to find it. Like it's weird. I still don't know how to watch Bellator. I think it's on Showtime now, which I don't have. Um, so I had to use some other means to watch this card and I don't know. It wasn't really worth it. Um, this beer has like a, like kind of an orange juice aftertaste, by the way. So it's like, it's like basically breakfast. If it tastes like fruit, it's healthy, right? I think that's a thing. Let's say that's a thing. Um, and then UFC last night, uh, Bilal Muhammad, and Vicente Luque in the main event. Welterweight, I guess, like, number one contender, eliminator. It's, it hasn't been explicitly said. But after this fight, I would say um, Kamzat Shemaev is looking like a better option to throw in there against the winner of Usman and, and uh, Leon Edwards. Almost forgot his name for a second there. 
which I believe that fight's happening in July. So nobody's getting a welterweight title shot uh, who's not named Leon Edwards until I would guess December, maybe January. Um, Cause I think, I think the welterweight championship is slated for international fight week in July. Uh, I don't know if it's official or yet not uh, official or not yet. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't imagine Bilal Muhammad would get a title shot unless like, you know, Usman or, or uh, Edwards is injured. And if it's Usman who's injured, maybe they put him in there for an interim title against um, Edwards or in a rematch since the first time they fought was, you know, the eye poke where, you know, Bilal was losing the first round terribly and then got poked in the eye so bad he couldn't continue. Look, um, so Bilal Muhammad won a unanimous decision last night against Vicente Luque. That was surprising to me. Um if you asked me who I thought was the welterweight that would give Kamara Usman the most trouble that he hasn't fought yet, before last night, I would have said Vicente Luque. Um, but after seeing the way Bilal was able to just take him down at will, basically, um, yeah, I don't imagine that fight with uh, Usman would go so well. I don't imagine a fight with... Uh, Kamzat Shemaev would go well either. Um, so and Luke's got a good ground game, it's just I, I think his defensive wrestling was exposed a little bit last night by Bilal Muhammad. Um, I, I could have seen the decision go the other way, to be honest. It was a close fight, and Bilal was landing more shots, but he was backing up a lot. Pretty much all the time they spent on their feet, Bilal's back was against the cage. And usually um, the way MMA judges view that is you're losing the fight. Even though he was landing more while he was backpedaling, he was still backing up the whole time. Luque was kind of walking him down, um, hitting him with those uh, leg kicks. Um, and yeah, I just, I could have seen it go either way. And then, uh, but you know, Bilal, I think realizes that he's not going to get a title shot off of this, even though probably deserves one for beating Vicente Luque. Nobody's done that in a while. Um, so he called out Colby Covington. I thought it was a good call out and uh, you know, Colby needs a little heat with somebody. He needs a big fight. So fighting a guy who's coming off a main event win uh, is pretty big. And like I said, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, I don't see Colby fighting Kamzat, even though that's the fight that Dana wants. It's just high risk, low reward. Because if he beats Hamzat, he's not getting a title shot. So he's got to fight this guy who's not even ranked who's one of the most dangerous guys in the division. Um, <clears throat> and then, then what? <laughs> They're not going to put him in there with Usman. The only way it would benefit him to fight Hamzat is if Leon Edwards beats Usman and then they don't do a trilogy right away. 
which they probably would have to. If Leon Edwards beats Usman, Usman already has a win over Edwards. They'd be one and one. They'd probably do the rematch right away. So you're talking about nobody's getting in that welterweight title picture until like July next year, <laughs> possibly, uh, depending on how this fight goes with um, with Usman and Edwards. I would have thought they would have done an interim title by now already because they've done it quicker in other cases. Usman said he was going to be out. He had like a hand surgery or wrist surgery, something like that. So anyway, moving on, big win for Bilal Muhammad. I think it was smart uh, calling out Colby. That would be a big fight for him. Um, and I, I think that's an interesting matchup. I think it's more interesting after seeing how Bilal handled, handled himself against Luke. Um, not the most exciting main event you'll ever see, but you know, can't beat the price. Um, so last, last night was like a weird night. There was a lot of strange things that happened. Like we had two technical decisions, um, on the card, which is, it's rare to see one technical decision. Um, Forget about forget about two on one card. That's crazy. I don't know if there's ever been two in one like calendar year. Uh, if, if you're not aware, a technical decision is where one fighter is fouled and can't continue the fight. But if it's an unintentional foul, the referee can make the decision to let it go to the scorecards as long as you're past the halfway point of round three, I believe. Um. So that happened twice last night. And w once was in the, the co-main event, Calvarallo against Godzi, Amargzev. Amargzev. Yeah, that guy. Uh, <laughs> it's right there. It's written for you if you want to read it. I, I don't know. I'm struggling with that one today. Apologies, Godzi. So this fight was um, pretty one-sided. Barallo, um, it was beating Godzi up. Um, it, this guy, he looks like a tattooed Paolo Costa. He's just a, he's a beast. And, uh, you know, he was on the back for a while, uh, controlling the fight from there. Um, but then there was, I think they clashed heads or something. Or no, 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 that was the other one. That was the other technical decision. Sorry. So Barallo, um, knees Godzi in the face while his hand was on the mat. And I guess he didn't realize he was down. So, um, Godzi hits the mat and, uh, they, they did take a long time to, uh, to come around to this one. Cause it's so unusual, uh, as Bruce is pointing out here. Um, and says there was so much random bickering and bullshit on the broadcast. There, there kind of was. I, um, I, I usually had the sound muted. I had it, I had it completely turned off by the time the co-main event came around. Um, and all right, so he needs him in the head. Uh, Dan Mergliata determines it was not intentional. So, uh, but Godzi can't continue to fight. So since it's past the halfway point around three, the judges score the card up to 
the foul. So they scored rounds one, two, and the three minutes and 56 seconds that took place in a round three. Okay, so it goes to the scorecards. Obviously, unanimous decision for Cal Barallo. And it, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. It's weird when stuff like this happens. Because the guy gets fouled, can't continue, and then he's got to stand there um, and hear that he lost the fight. Um, which, you know, the decision went the right way. It was it was a pretty one-sided fight up to that point. I definitely don't think the uh, the knee was intentional. There, there seemed to be some kind of confusion. He said he didn't see. He kept saying he didn't see that his knee was down, but his knee wasn't down. It was his hand that was down. Um, and they they changed the rules where now if your hand is down, your hand has to be all the way on the mat, I believe. So you can't just be touching with a few fingers. Um, so yeah, he was down, but it seemed like Brawl didn't really know the rule or or believe that he wasn't down because he was dominating the fight. There was only a minute to go, so there's no reason I can imagine that he would have need him on purpose. Um, the the fight right before that was an exciting one. Andre Fialo, uh, outstanding striker. He has like 12 knockouts out of 13 wins or something ridiculous like that uh, against Miguel Baeza, who was a, a, a pretty a pretty touted project from the contender series. Um, this, this one, if you go back and watch one fight from this card, if you missed the whole card, I would say go back and watch this fight. It was pretty wild because Fiala was almost knocked out at one point. Baeza was just ripping into him, just lighting him up with strikes. Uh, the hand speed on Baeza uh, is, is pretty incredible at welterweight. Um, especially because he's so long. So he's he's going to be longer than most guys, have a reach advantage on most guys, and his hands are going to be faster. Um, but Fialo weathered the storm and then wound up knocking Baeza out, and he was out, like, pretty cold. Mark Smith stepped in, kind of stopped him from taking any further damage. Um, And, and then I guess Baeza kind of came too, and he was he was really – angry that the fight was stopped but um i think it was a good stoppage these two guys just beat the hell out of each other for uh the better half of that first round uh myra bueno silva getting the unanimous decision over uh yanan Wu. um probably the highlight of this fight was silva had a kimura from bottom half guard on Wu and basically put her wrist like behind her head uh, if you've never been in a Kimura, it's a shoulder lock, which um, it, it's basically like think of think of someone getting arrested when they put their arm behind the back and kind of put pressure on it um, while they're handcuffing. It's it's kind of it's kind of like that. Um, yeah, it was it was deep, but because she was in half guard, Wu was able to put just enough forward pressure on her um to not get her arm ripped off uh because if if silva was able to create a little bit more space on the bottom and scoot her hips out a little bit more uh she would have been ripping that arm right off of Wu's body um that that thing was in deep 
Um, but yeah, uh, unanimous decision for Silva, and it was a good fight. Uh, she had she had a couple of other uh, really close submission attempts in there as well. I'm just catching up on the comments here. Bruce says, Bill, you would look better slash less ugly with Baralo's free spirit tattoo across your neck too. Thanks for the suggestion, Bruce. Uh, I'll consider it. I'll see, uh, see if I can get myself a good tattoo artist. I don't know. Like I don't have, I don't have much of a neck though. Cause my spine is just so compressed from years of grappling. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I could rock that tattoo like him. But I I will consider it. Let's see. We got Mark in here. Still on vacation. This guy, um, Mark doesn't miss a show, man. Be anywhere in the world. <laughs> Any time zone. He's tuning in. See, that's how you know the notifications work, guys. They uh, <clears throat> yes, I am day drinking. All right, um, Pat Sabatini, unanimous decision over TJ Laramie. This was supposed to be a very one-sided fight. I think Sabatini was supposed to uh, run away with this one, um, but nobody told TJ Laramie. Uh, I think I believe Sabatini was the biggest betting favorite on the card. So um, the first round was super close, but uh, Sabatini had a knockdown. So I think that one went to him, but it was competitive. Then the second round was, I believe the second round was a round that Sabatini dominated uh, pretty badly. And then, um, yeah, took away the unanimous decision. Uh, Munir Lazez, unanimous decision over Ange Losa. Uh, Devin Clark with the a TKO of William Knight. William Knight, like people, people are like obsessed with this dude. I think it's because, I mean, look at this guy's look, look at this guy's physique. He looks like a damn bodybuilder. Um. He he did some he, he's done like some ridiculous weightlifting thing, like some kind of achievement. Like he bench pressed like a, a lot of weight like 50 times or something. I, I don't know if I got that right, but this this guy is just massive. I mean 5'10. Uh and he weighed in at 251. This is moving up from light heavyweight. Um my buddy Dan Tom from the Protect Your Net podcast refers to him as Thick Willie. Uh, and every time this guy fights, uh, Dan is tweeting Thick Willie in all caps, and it amuses me greatly. Shout out to Dan Tom. Um, so Devin Clark coming away with the win here, but this was um, this was an interesting fight. So William Knight... Um, Controlling the stand-up a little bit. You know, he's good in the clinch. Devin Clark, who also moved up to heavyweight recently, um, you know, he's got the wrestling. So he was able to take William Knight down. But then so he took him down. He was controlling him in the second round. But then Knight 
just kind of stands up, gets behind Clark and suplexes him. I thought they were going to go through the mat because these are two big boys. And, um, yeah, then there was uh, the TKO came in the third for Devin Clark uh, with an elbow. So that was a fun fight. And William Knight, I guess it's his physique and uh, that people are just obsessed. I mean, he's one of the, he's the top trending fighter on Sherdog right now, and a, a lot of uh, a lot of action on Twitter was revolved around him. And here he he lost on the prelims, but you know people love Thick Willie. Uh, Mark says thick Willie reminds me of my saw my massage earlier today. All right. That's some vacation you're on, bud. Uh, <laughs> uh, what time is it in, uh, in, in Vietnam over there? It's gotta be, it's gotta be nighttime, I guess. Eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, something like that. Uh, Pani Kianzad, uh, unanimous decision over Lena Landsberg. This was, a rematch, actually. Um, pretty bloody fight. That was a good one. Uh, Drakkar close. Uh, TKO over Brandon Jenkins. This fight was was pretty wild. And Drakkar close knocked out Brandon Jenkins, I want to say, six times in the first round. <laughs> it was bad. The dude was unconscious on his feet a couple of times. He was unconscious on the mat a few times. Uh, but Herb Dean decided to wait until uh, 33 seconds into the second round to step in on this one. Oh, it's 11.05 in Vietnam for anybody who was curious and, you know, didn't want to Google it. <laughs> There's that. Um, so Herb Dean steps in in the second round to save Brandon Jenkins, but, man, it could have been a few times in that first round, I think. Uh, Rafa Garcia submits... Jesse Ronson with like 10 seconds to go in the second round. Uh, I mean, he was, he was clearly winning this fight anyway, but uh, able to get that submission. That's tenacious, man, to be going after it that hard and, and sinking in a choke and putting the squeeze on knowing that there's 10 seconds left. Cause you hear that clapper go off. Um, that's dedication right there. All right. The, the other strange fight, that had a weird ending was Martin Boudet or Boudet against uh, Chris Barnett. So a lot of people were excited to see Chris Barnett come back too. He had that spinning wheel kick knockout of John Vellante. That's going to be on the highlight reels for the rest of time. And then he did like a backflip and landed on his butt, like Winnie the Pooh. Um, and, and people like this guy, he's got a good personality he comes out dancing down to the cage um, this was a tough fight for him. He was having a hard time getting on the inside. You know, he was landing, but uh, he was struggling to do it. Then, uh, a minute 38 into the third round, which I guess kind of contradicts what I said earlier, that it has to get, it has to get two minutes into the third round that I must've made that up or they changed that. Um, because this fight only went a minute 38 into round three. In any case, uh, Martin had Barnett up against the cage 
and he was framing him, and he threw an elbow uh, right to the back of the head that essentially knocked Chris Barnett out. He was, like, on the ground, um, just, like, patting the ground, like he, like he dropped some change or something, and he was looking for it in the dark. Um, it, it was pretty obvious that he couldn't continue. Um, so the doctor comes in, the doctor advises that the fight be stopped. Um, again, Dan Mergliata, that's who it was in the other one, right? Yeah. So Dan Mergliata gets both of these bizarre fights. Um, just lucky, I guess. And so they go to the judges scorecards and Barnett loses. He was upset about something. I don't know if it was because he wanted to continue or, um, or he just like didn't know what was going on, but he was he was upset at the end of this one. It's a, it was an unfortunate ending because a lot of people were looking forward to seeing that guy get back in there, and I'm sure the UFC uh, would want someone like him to put on great fights so they could really get behind him. Um, yeah, just uh, a bizarre thing, it, and even more bizarre that it happened twice in one night, and furthermore bizarre that both times was Dan Mergliata who had to deal with it. Um, Jordan Levitt split decision win over Trey Ogden. Uh, this fight was close. It was very close. Um, there were a lot of scrambles. Um, Jordan Levitt had a lot of top control, even though he, I don't think, I don't think he hit any takedowns. Uh, there was like a slip and then he kind of pulled guard one time and, uh, it was a lot of wacky stuff that happened in this. And, and Trey Ogden is good on the ground as well. Um, on, on the feet, it was kind of back and forth. Ogden was probably getting the better of those exchanges. Um, but, you know, Levitt had the had the ground control time. Um, so that was that. Sam Hughes' majority decision over Estela Nunez. Um, majority decision because one judge scored a draw. Um, there was a point deduction uh, in this fight. It was uh, due to an eye poke because it was the second offense. So, And Mark Smith warned Estella that she was coming forward with her fingers out, and he said, you have to have them facing up or he, they have to be in a fist. He warned her. He had to take a point. Um, I guess without the point deduction, it probably would have been scored a draw. Um, but there was that. So that there's another unusual thing, <laughs> a majority decision. This has to be the first time there's ever been two technical decisions and a majority decision on the same card. I'd be willing to put money on that. Uh, highly Alatang, a nasty knockout over Kevin Groom in the first fight of the night. Um, the, this dude showed, uh, showed some real power at bantamweight. Uh, it was, it was pretty, pretty good knockout for the Mongolian knight. Um, who, you know, he's been having a rough go of it as of late. Hasn't, he hadn't won a fight since December, 2019. Um, and then was, uh, largely inactive, uh, for a while. Uh, you know, he comes from China, so sure there was a lot of lockdown issues and things like that during the pandemic um so you know 
not a great card, not the most thrilling thing, but there were some solid fights in there. It was it was good. Um, Bellator, I caught a little bit. So this was Bellator 277, uh, rematch between Patricio Pitbull and AJ McKee uh, for the bantamweight, no, featherweight championship. So uh, McKee beat uh, Pitbull in their first fight. I, I, be, I believe he submitted him. Uh, this was a rematch and, uh, you know, Pitbull winning the decision. Um, this was a close fight. Um, there was a lot of like nothing going on for the middle of it. Uh, Pitbull was definitely pushing the action a little bit more. Uh, but there were two rounds in there where AJ McKee was pretty dominant. Um, so and he could have been, he, he could have been winning like one of the other rounds as well. So the, the difference in him losing the fight was just one round, probably um, unanimous decision as well. AJ was upset about it. It was his first professional loss. Um, I, I've heard some people saying that these two guys would do well in the featherweight division if they were in the UFC after last night, I'm just, I'm not so sure about that. Um, I, I don't see Volkanovsky having a problem with either one of these two, to be honest. Um, and I could say the same for Max Holloway. I could say the same for Brian Ortega. Um, and, and possibly a few others. Calvin Cater, I think, <laughs> would probably beat both of these guys. But, um, you know, it was an okay fight. Uh, another weird one was the co-main event, which was supposed to be for the vacant light heavyweight title, I believe. This was the, the, the championship bracket of the, uh, the tournament. For the light heavyweight championship, Corey Anderson and Dean Nemkov. So this one, I wonder why this one didn't go to decision. Maybe because it's a five round fight and it didn't get far enough into it. So at with five seconds to go in the third round, Corey Anderson took Nemkov down, and he goes to throw an elbow. But Nemkov kind of shrimps out of the way and, and leans his head forward. They clash heads, and uh, Nemkov gets a cut over his eyebrow, and the doctor said that he wouldn't be able to continue. I think if this were partway through the fourth round, it could have gone to the judges' scorecards. Uh, Frank Trigg was the referee. Uh, by the way, I was never a fan of Frank Trigg as a fighter because he would always you know, be kind of nasty and he would be fighting my favorite fighters. So I just never rooted for him. But is, is there a more qualified referee than Frank Trigg? I, I, he's got to be the only referee who's actually fought in the UFC. Um, I know a few of the referees have fought professionally, um, but none of them to that level. Uh, Frank Trigg fought for the welterweight title a few times, I believe. Uh, so Frank Trigg, determines it was an accidental clash of heads, but because the fight hadn't gone into the championship rounds, it couldn't go to the scorecards. If it were to go to the scorecards, it's a clear cut victory for Corey Anderson. He was beating the shit out of Nemkov. 
um, which tells you that, you know, the headbutt was definitely accidental. Um, you, you know, he's not going to headbutt the guy. He was, he was battering him enough as it is. Uh, so technically, Corey Anderson should be the light heavyweight champion right now. I mean, he there, there was nothing I think Nemkov could have done in the second two rounds that would have stopped the onslaught from Corey Anderson. Um, but you know, no contest, I guess it's better than, you know, Corey losing because they were kind of framing it. Like the head, butt was his fault. Uh, even though Nemkov kind of sat up into it, but, uh, it sucks. And Nemkov's probably going to have a, a pretty good, um, pretty lengthy medical suspension because he's got that nasty cut and he was basically TKO'd in this fight. So I imagine his medical suspension will be several months. Uh, so Corey Anderson is going to have to wait around. This is going to be a million dollar payday for him as well. I think uh, they were kind of taking the, uh, the PFL's model here a little bit, I guess the tournament winners win a million dollars. I don't even, I didn't even know this until I was watching this fight last night, but apparently that's the case. Aaron Pico TKO in the third round over Adley Edwards, who was a last minute replacement. And this fight should not have been sanctioned. Like the broadcasters were trying to make excuses during the, during the fight and talking about how tough Edwards was. Uh, he was Aaron Pico's punching bag for about 11 minutes in there. Uh, finally, it was Mike Beltran stopped the fight in the third round somebody on twitter said i i should start bookmarking these and so i can put them on the screen and stuff so i can give people credit um but but somebody said aaron pico just <laughs> just beat up a waiter from down the street who was on his break and came in to take a fight and that's honestly what it looked like so shout out to whoever that was that tweeted that um i think i retweeted it so you might be able to find it uh, word for word. And then um, Linton Vassell was getting beat up by Tim Johnson and turned the tides and TKO'd him uh, at the end of the first round. And did I watch any of these? I don't think I watched anything else on here. Uh, Tyrell Fortune TKO'd Rakeem Cleveland. So I would want to go back and watch that. Um, if there's anything else that was worth checking out on this Bellator card and I didn't talk about it, uh, let me know. And I might, I might not go back and watch it because it's Bellator. Um, let's see. UFC fight night 205. Uh, before we talk about this, uh, I just want to acknowledge the fact that Marlon Marais retired. Um, you know, he's had a, he's had a rough go. You know, he went from being like one of the most hyped guys coming into the UFC from another organization to being like a total destroyer in the UFC. Like some of his performances, like his knockout of Jimmy Rivera was just insane because Jimmy Rivera was on like a 20 fight win streak or something like that. Um, and then the flying knee knockout of uh, Aljamain Sterling, another highlight reel for him. Uh, Marlon Marais was a fantastic fighter, and he's he's able to re retire at 33 years old. Um, 
that's pretty sweet. Uh, it, you know, he, he got knocked out in his in his last few fights, and you know, everybody has a number. They say you know you can only turn your brain off so many times um, before it's not working right anymore. Um, you, you know, good for him. I, I thought after his last performance, I, a, a move up to featherweight would have been good for him. But, it, you know, if he believes it's time to just call it quits, then, you know, congratulations and, and cheers to Marlon Marais. Uh, thanks for all the fantastic fights. Okay. Uh, UFC Fight Night 205 uh, back at the Apex. So I guess it's UFC Vegas 52. Um. Amanda Lemos against uh, Jessica Andrade. So confusing that this is a main event because it implies, I guess, that the winner will get a title shot. Uh, Lemos is on, you know, a, a pretty good streak right now. She's got, since coming to the UFC, only one loss against Leslie Smith, and she's on a five-fight win streak. And let's see what's going on with Jessica Andrade here. So she's coming off of the TKO over Cynthia Calvillo. Uh, and before that, she fought uh, Shevchenko for the 125-pound belt. So I guess Lemos moved up. Oh, no, this fight is at straw weight. Okay. Well, then. There we go. It this it's a fun fight. It's interesting. Um, Mark Fella says Lemos and Andrade are we working from the prelims up? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see if if this were in Brazil, I could see this being a main event, but it's at the apex. I I, I don't know what the story is here. Maybe there was supposed to be another main event, and and the fight fell apart. I don't know if anybody knows the answer. Let me know. But there's actually a lot of fun stuff going on in this card. Um, there's some really good fights here, actually. So co-main event, Clay Guida against Claudio uh, Puelas. Um, man, they keep trying to feed Clay Guida to these young kids, and uh, it turns out to be a mistake. Every time uh, Clay Guida is like Andre Arlovsky. Like they're just trying to build somebody else off their name. And uh, these guys are just like, no, that's not what I'm here. Not that's not the role I'm playing. Uh, so that's, that's a fun fight. Uh, then we got uh, Tanner Bozer against Alexander Romanov, the undefeated Alexander Romanov. Let's see what, the, what is this guy done in the UFC? Nickname is King Kong. Yeah, big dude. Okay. He's coming off of the TKO over Jared Vandera. Um, okay, he's got more fights in the UFC than I thought. And pretty much all finishes, except for a split decision over Juan Espino. So this dude's undefeated. He's got knockout power. He's got submissions. Um, and Tanner Bozier, uh, pretty well rounded as well. 
Um, but he is coming off a loss, I believe. Oh, no, he knocked out Olvin St. Prue when Olvin St. Prue moved up to heavyweight. All right, so before that, though, back-to-back -back losses over Arlovsky and Latifi. Um, yeah, this dude is like, kind of reminds me of Roy Nelson. He's got like the mullety thing going on and the long beard, and he's like, I don't know. He's like a Canadian Roy Nelson. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me to explain things. That's not why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like Clay Guida. It's not why I'm here, guys. Macy Barber and Montana De La Rosa. That's a fun flyweight fight. Uh, Manel Cape against uh, Sue Maderji. Uh, Manel Cape was supposed to be like he was another really hyped guy who came over from Ryzen and uh, a lot of people were expecting big things about him, but he's got that kind of like passive Muay Thai style where he kind of lays back and counter strikes. And that's what lo uh, lost him uh, the decisions to Alexander Pantoja and Mateus Nicolau. Um, he does have back-to-back -back knockouts in his last two fights though. So That'll be a fun fight. Then we got Lando Venata and Charles Jourdain. This, this is the fight to watch. Venata moving down to featherweight, or maybe it's his second fight at featherweight, but uh, dropping down there, he's always put on exciting fights. Um, to this day, his fight with, with Matt Steamroller for Vola is one of my favorite fights of all time. And, it, and it's probably the only fight where... They announced that it was a draw, and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. I can't imagine how you would possibly score that one. It was insane. If you've never seen it, go watch it. Uh, Jordan Wright and Marc-Andre Barrialt is a good fight. Dwight Grant on here, and he's fighting Sergei Kandazakov. Kandazoko. Kandazoko. I'm going with Kandazako. Um, obviously, I'm not familiar with him, but after I just butchered his name, I should at least watch him fight next week. Tyson Pedro and Isaac Villanueva, or Isaac Newhouse, as Jeff DeAnimal Wilson calls him. Uh, that's a really fun fight, light heavyweight. And, yeah, a few other fights on here. We got a guy, Dean Barry. This is interesting. The first fight of the night is a welterweight match between Dean Barry, who's 4-1, and one, and Mike Jackson, who's 0-1. What is the story here? So Barry, uh, I guess, yeah, he's got, he's 4-1 with four finishes, but... It seems like, and he hasn't fought since December 2021. So last December. And he's fighting Mike Jackson, who's 0-1. Uh, yeah, this is the guy who fought CM Punk. I did not know he was still in the UFC. He beat CM Punk, and then the, uh, it was overturned to a no contest. I can't even remember why. This is confusing. Why, why is a guy 
who's four and one fighting a guy who's oh and one in the UFC. Does anybody like does somebody owe Mike Jackson a favor or something? Because that was June 2018 that he fought. I almost feel like this is a glitch. Like maybe Sure Dog tagged the wrong guy. Because I don't see how this is possible. He lost to Mickey Gall in in 45 seconds in 2016. Then he beat CM Punk in June 2018, but it was overturned. <coughs> and he's 0-1 as an amateur. I'm confused. If anybody can explain this to me, please do. I was I was ready to wrap this card up, and then I I was so baffled by this. All right, um, that kind of that kind of takes care of everything, right? I don't think I left anything out. If I did, we'll get to it next week. Um, and by the way, I'm not neglecting my family on this Easter Sunday. Uh, you, we're all we're doing dinner uh, like an early dinner pretty soon coming up. Uh, in-laws coming over and stuff like that but um my daughter's on a play date with uh with a neighborhood kid so the kids are playing moms are chatting i came up here to talk to you folks on this fine easter sunday i thank you all for tuning in please try to leave some comments on the youtube uh videos um that helps us out uh sharing the episode on your social media channels graciously helps a great deal uh leave a review on apple Podcasts or google or spotify or wherever you guys are listening or reviewing from that all helps it's all greatly appreciated keep letting me know what you guys are thinking and drinking out there happy easter cheers to all and until next time cheers everybody bye <laughs>